Hello listeners, how are you? Are you ready for something new? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to read the last chapter of uh, Conflict Equals Energy that I'm intending to release on this thread. I feel like at this point it goes into some relating games and things that are just better to read on paper, in my opinion. You can also find quite a bit on Jason Diggs' website, which is www.authrev.com, and like AuthRev, Authentic Revolution. So at this point, if you've been listening, you'll have kind of the basics of what is authentic relating and how to start incorporating it into your life a little bit. But I do recommend reading the second half of the book, which will really give you tools, practical tools to do this in everyday conversation or to set time aside with a friend or a partner or family member to practice, deliberately practice these um, tools. It's really helpful. It's can be quite fascinating and almost undoubtedly you'll leave with a clearer sense of connection, which we all need. So that being said, I'm going to just dive right into the chapter. I will, however, explore different parts of the rest of this book on my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash solving everything. So I will talk about the rest of the book, not in a book clubby sort of way, but more in a practical way, how it's impacting me, the benefits, um, ideas, and I welcome you to uh, share your own thoughts too over there at the Patreon page. This episode concludes the, cha- the uh, season one of Growing Beyond, and season two We'll begin with an interview of my yoga teacher, my yoga training teacher, Alex Pfeiffer. I'm going to interview him next week. He's super interesting and he has really a broad range of knowledge about a lot of different things, all things yoga, but also meditation and self-awareness and authentic relating and uh, he has background as a body therapist as well. So there's just a lot trauma release. There's, there's a lot. Uh, we're going to have a conversation soon. I can't wait to release that. And that's going to mark the beginning of season two. Season one was only what, like two years, three years long. Hopefully season two will be shorter. Uh, so anyways, watch for that. Here we go. Chapter five, presence. In presence, we can know ourselves in a way that is authentic which means that we are knowing what is real in us. When we feel presence, we are experiencing our underlying reality. A. H. Almas. What happens when you think of the word home? For many of us, it brings to mind a feeling of being rested right here and right now. When we are embodied, we feel at home within ourselves and can carry that energy into our experiences with others wherever we go. We feel resourceful and have plenty to share and contribute to others. We relate with others from a place of feeling that we are enough without impulsively seeking reassurance from the outside world. 
in such states, you could say that we are reassurance itself. This is what we call presence, an energetic frequency of solidness that emanates from our core and can feel boundless. Presence is a well-studied topic from, I am not going to be able to pronounce this name, from Sizence Mihaly's studies on flow to the role of mindfulness in medicine and healthcare through the work of John Kabat-Zinn, the idea of presence seems to show up everywhere. It's often discussed in conjunction with awareness or mindfulness. These concepts mean different things to different people, so let's begin with an experience that can inform our discussion. A simple practice to experience presence. Take several moments to feel your breath enter and leave your nose as you breathe. Slow down, pause, and feel the simplicity of the sensations of breath at the nostrils. Now take a few moments to feel your chest rise and fall as you breathe in and out. After another 10 seconds or so, try placing your attention on your feet and toes for a couple breaths. Next, notice your hands and the sensations there. Feel the temperature of the air on your skin. Next, see if you can be aware of your whole body. And after a couple of breaths here, expand your awareness to include sights and sounds. Become aware of the sensations on your skin and the sounds around you, perhaps distant noise from the street outside or others in the next room. Notice the quality of light in the room and the colors and shapes of the objects. Keep your attention open and diffuse. The value of such a simple exercise is often overlooked. Once we learn to directly practice presence, this skill can be deeply integrated allowing us to feel greater ease and flow with our surroundings, no matter the circumstance. In fact, Ellen Langer, sometimes referred to as the mother of mindfulness, has found that this state, which she defines simply as actively noticing things, can lead to increased health, competence, and happiness. In this way, presence can become an ordinary superpower. Noticing nuance to build emotional muscles. Many authentic relating games are perspective-shifting exercises that increase our capacity to be aware of our own feelings or our felt sense of reality. We can think of both our feelings themselves and our awareness of them as the emotional muscles we are developing and the foundations of healthy and skillful communication. Think of the heart muscle. It's always beating. Though we only occasionally become aware of that beating on our own, we can choose to put our attention here intentionally. Attuning to this present moment with our felt sense is a practice that takes time to master. At first, navigating your emotional landscape may seem overwhelming, a lake that you've just dived into. You may not know which way is up or down, and if the lake is murky, it can take some time to get your bearings. This is where we compare our felt sense with our witnessing awareness. Imagine that same lake, but rather... Then diving in headfirst into its waters, you instead sit on its banks, simply observing. This latter practice can lend more objectivity to our emotional lives. These two basic muscles of feeling and witnessing are like a bicep and a tricep. They work together in opposing ways, exercising both our objective and subjective senses of reality. The felt sense allows us to notice the details and nuance of an experience 
while the witnessing awareness prevents us from getting lost in it. This can become a type of cycle in which the capacity to be with our reality more objectively then enables us to experience it with deeper acuity and sensitivity. Over time, this can become a type of intuition training. And despite Western culture's valuation of rational intelligence and logic above all, I believe many of us know in our hearts that intuition is at least equally important. This is because intuition is a combination of our thinking and feeling capacities. When we connect more deeply with our bodies and hearts, we free up more space to be mentally present. This is the access point to our intuitive voice. AR Power Tool, Naming Emotions. All of us get stuck in our heads and from time to time can be totally disconnected from our emotional experience. As human beings, it's normal for us to compartmentalize all the feelings that we don't have the energy to deal with right away. Once we have the time and space to look at the things we've been repressing, one of the most powerful ways to process our emotions is simply to name them. Here's how to do it. Set aside two to five minutes or more, depending on the intensity of your feelings. Get comfortable either sitting or lying down. Recall an intense experience that happened recently or a current situation in your life that has some emotional activation. Put your hand on your chest and name internally or out loud whatever emotions have come up for you in this situation. For example, right now I am feeling sad. As best you can, simply feel the feeling. Then take a breath and elaborate if wanted. Like, I'm feeling sad because of a recent loss or and feeling anxious because of a situation at work. The statements that we make are intentionally simple. They are a verbal anchor pointing towards the feeling. We want to avoid any tendency to let our thoughts play out the story, and this anchor connects our mental worlds with the worlds of our senses and hearts. Through acknowledging how we really feel without giving way to stories, we give our emotions space. You can follow this pattern for any uncomfortable experience whenever you have time and want to attend to your emotions. Our presence is what allows for integration. And in this way, we can arrive at a more resourced and regulated place. Illuminating the shadow to increase presence. As we noted earlier, aspects of ourselves that we would normally hide, repress, or deny to ourselves and to others can be collectively referred to as the shadow self. Our shadow selves include all of these qualities as well as the ways in which we hide them. In our belief that these qualities are undesirable, we can end up spending much of our lives playing games of hide and seek trying to obscure them from others. The problem is that such denial requires a tremendous amount of emotional energy. We become less present, creating a downward spiral that greatly diminishes our potential for full connection. To the extent that we use our emotional mental bandwidth to obscure these parts from others, we have less energy and attention available for each moment, thus misunderstandings and relational drama are more likely to ensue. The solution starts with noticing what is happening right now in all its fullness, even if that is something as seemingly inconsequential as an itchy toe or a mild feeling of awkwardness. This simplicity is by no means easy. How do we become aware of what we are not aware of? 
The funny thing about presence is that the best way to develop it is to repeatedly notice when we are not present. By shining the light of our presence into the shadow of suppressed and repressed emotions, thoughts, and tendencies, we automatically free up energy that we can then use to generate deeper connections. Through addressing our shadows, we build our capacity to include the full human at work, at home, and in all our important relationships. In this way, we can create an ever-widening culture of authenticity where we can share what is truly happening for us underneath the surface. AR Power Tool, the Charge Scale. The Charge Scale is a quick check for any internal emotional state we are experiencing. When used within a group, this tool can quickly open up a new depth of connection while increasing a sense of overall group cohesion. In a group of any size, each person takes a turn sharing a number from 1 to 10. This, this number represents how activated or charged the person is feeling on that day. Higher numbers indicate more intense and challenging emotional states like grief or anger, whereas lower numbers indicate feeling more calm, present, or resourced. What's important is that the number reflects the present moment, even if we wish things felt different. A sentence or two can also be included for additional context. For example, this morning I'm a one, feeling happy, peaceful, ready. I'm about a four today. I feel productive and clear, but also stressed about some communication breakdowns I'm having with colleagues. I'm a seven and a little bit of a wreck. My partner and I had a fight before I left the house this morning, and it's been hard to get my head in the game today. The charge scale exercises several emotional muscles, including self-assessment and transparency. Over time, through simply taking our emotional temperatures and sharing them with each other, we normalize more of the full range of our experience, which can eventually transform the culture as a whole. This tool is a type of check-in, which we covered at the end of Chapter 3. Assessing our internal state and letting others know what is happening for us is central to the practice of AR, and there are many variations and styles of check-in. The three levels of communication. The three levels of communication have been around since the beginning of authentic relating. They are important not only in navigating toward the type of connection that is the most appropriate or nourishing in the moment, but also as a tool for staying intentional in our interactions with others. These three levels are informational, personal, and relational. As you'll see, the level of present moment awareness increases with each level. Informational communication is centered around facts. When we're conversing on this level, we're concerned with concrete reality, the weather, sports, hobbies, what we ate for breakfast, and all things related to the logistics of our lives. Informational communication lives in the past and the future and tends to make up the vast majority of our conversations. While this type of relating is useful and necessary in many social settings, it can also feel dull, lifeless, and perfunctory. For this reason, it's also sometimes colloquially labeled as small talk. If questions like, what do you do, where did you go to school, and do you have kids are your main repertoire for getting to know someone, the three levels can help you navigate conversations into deeper territory. Personal. This level moves one step closer to the core of who we are. One way to think about this layer is how we feel about everything in the informational layer. Our emotions, values, motivations, memories, dreams, and hopes for the future. 
the personal is the fabric and the story of our lives. It's how do you feel about your job? What's it like for you to have kids? Almost all people crave more of the personal because it is on this level that we can begin to feel a nourishing sense of belonging. Unfortunately, the socialized default tends to be informational, which can sometimes lead us to perceive others or ourselves as boring or shallow. The much more exciting reality is that people become more interesting when we ourselves become more interested. With this understanding, we can choose to be more curious about others and watch how our interactions become richer as a result. Relational. The final level of communication is known as relational. This level happens when both parties are exchanging observations and feelings about what's happening connection right now. Where the personal and informational levels focus on the past and the future, the relational level is all about the present moment. I share what it's like for me to be with you, and you share what it's like for you to be with me. It's, what's it like to share with me that you hate your job? Or, hearing you say that, I'm noticing my own deep desire to be a parent. Relational communication is a type of intimacy that is both nourishing and vital. In a world starving for connection, when we reveal how we are experiencing the connection itself, a deep core need of being seen and heard is met. When another reciprocates, compassion and empathy flow. This is the power of the third level of communication. The noticing game. The noticing game is a foundational and highly adaptable AR exercise. It allows us to uncover what is deeply present, but usually unspoken. These aren't secrets necessarily, but maybe things that are thought of as too small or obvious to mention in an interaction. Despite their simplicity, exposing such observations can bring about extraordinary freedom for participants. You mean I can say that? Yes, you can say anything. You mean you have an itchy toe when I'm thinking about the poison ivy reaction I had last month? In this game, there are no limits to the strange little details we can discover in connection. Typically, the noticing game is practiced in pairs. Once people have partnered up, a facilitator will prompt person A of the pair to say, being with you, I notice. And person A will then complete the sentence with something they are noticing. This can be guided by the facilitator asking the participants to focus their observations in some way on physical sensations, emotions, or thoughts, or can be more freeform, spanning any of these categories. Person B will then respond with, being with you, I notice, and will then complete the sentence with whatever is present, which may or may not be directly related to what was just shared. Formatting the responses in this way allows players to respond to each other's shared communication, or shares, in a dynamic exchange, weaving back and forth. The point of this game is to give players an opportunity to enter an open-ended, present moment relational space. Here, anything goes, from the concrete to the spiritual, the mundane to the bizarre. Exploring in this way is a doorway to presence. And this is where all of the energy, juice, and aliveness is. By saying the thing that's right under our nose, sometimes we can unstick ourselves from the rigidity of old relational patterns and get into an experience of flow with another person, no matter who they are.
Tips for facilitating the noticing game. Categories. The open-ended nature of this game can be confusing for people new to AR, so it can be helpful to ask participants to notice things in particular categories. For example, you as a facilitator might suggest physical sensations, objective observations about the other person or oneself, emotions, or recurring thoughts. Any selected topic or theme can become the object of the game. Beginning the game. Begin by leading with a period of silent eye contact between partners, choosing an appropriate duration for your audience and their experience level. This builds anticipation for what's to come and deepens present moment connection. As the facilitator, you can even slow down your rate of speaking a bit during this time to help players drop into a space of deeper attention and noticing. Stay present. While leading the noticing game, stay present to how simple and profound it can be. Holding this in your facilitation awareness can help participate, participants appreciate the magic of simply noticing what is arising now. Variations. Hearing that, I notice. The game, like the original, is played ping pong style with the exchange going back and forth between two people. The response is usually, but not always related to the original share. Like being with you, I notice I feel shy. Hearing that, I notice I become a little careful and wonder how I can connect with you. All in. Going around in a circle, each person shares what they notice in the moment. This can be a way to bring everyone's voice into the group or serve as a warm-up for a small group practice like the Now game. See the appendix for additional games. Noticing check-in. In pairs, each person has two minutes to share what they are noticing at the top of their awareness in a range of categories like sensations, objective observations, curiosities. Their partner simply witnesses the open-ended inquiry. The person who goes first starts with the phrase, right now I notice, and continues to complete the sentence until the time is up, and then switch roles.